So we're in this series called Remarkable. You know, and we, we've talked about how God is remarkable, and, and we started off the series talking about how God had a remarkable name, and that we are a part of this remarkable family because of what God did through Jesus Christ. We are now sons and daughters of God. We now share in His name, His great name. And we talked about how we are a part of this remarkable community that Jesus established called His church. The called out ones of Christ. The one walking in the way of Christ. And then last week we talked about having and being driven by this remarkable love. And this love that we we talked about and we sang about and we proclaimed and we testified about is not anything that we bubble up. But it's from God, this perfect love that he gives to us, that flows through us, is what makes it possible that we can even love one another. We talked about that last week. And I believe that God in this season, or I, had, I typically plan out my, my sermons and I think through them pretty you know, deeply and God just transformed this one. And I believe that in this season, What God wants to call us to is remarkable prayer. For us to be called by Him, for us to be a community uh, that is remarkable, for us to love like Him, we can't do anything without seeking Him in prayer. And I believe that there's power in prayer. I I remember standing before you as a church, and I remember Beverly coming before us, and and we praying for her, and her not knowing exactly what was going on in her body. And and we prayed for her, and now she's testifying to it. I remember uh, Betty Carter coming and, and interceding for her grandson, who was throwing up and sick. That Monday, he was healed. Now, or that Sunday, actually, he was healed. And, and for the rest of that week, he hadn't had anything, any throwing up, any sickness. And, and he's going to the doctor, and he's, he's healed. I remember hearing stories, and I've talked to you all. I've, I've had lunch with several of you, and I remember hearing how God has moved in the past and how people had been healed and set free. And, and God is still doing that. We talked about in Bible study how he is, uh, Jesus came on the scene in Mark and he is transforming lives and he's calling out demons and rebuking them and sending them away and he is uh, uh, healing people. And then he goes even deeper and he forgives their sin. And that is what God is wanting to do through each one, each one of us. He's wanting to go deep, deeper than our, our physical healing deeper than our our physical you know uh things that we see but he wants to go even deeper and forgive us from our sins too and so god is still doing that it's not that god just went silent and he never had healing uh once again it's not that he came and and he resurrected and that was it no he is still active in his church if we allow him that's the big if if we allow him because we could be just a people that are called to gather we could be just a people that might be united around a purpose but it might not be jesus it might not be gathering in his name it might be us just coming and filling these pews and being warm bodies and admiring the beautiful windows and 
and admiring the beautiful songs and things like that. And it might, we might miss out that we might not be Jesus-centered. And so prayer gets us to that. Because it's through prayer that we understand that it's not, it's not about me. I can't do anything. It's not by my power, it's by the power of Jesus. And I believe in the power of prayer, and I've, I've testified about uh, different things that's happened in our life. But I also know I'm very careful about what I pray for. <laughs> you know, when you ask God to break your heart for what breaks His, which we're in habit of doing that, and I do that quite often. But the reality is that you will begin to see a world in a different way. You will be able to see people through Jesus Christ's eyes. You will begin to feel as he feels. Why did we go out yesterday? Because it was the eyes of Jesus. It was the feet of Jesus that led us. Some of you are like, why did you go to the laundromat? Because people were there that needed to be told about the love of Jesus. When we ask for God to, uh, and we pray for patience, you might be challenged to live that out, and to learn to walk that out. And it might be very challenging at times. When you pray for rest, he might actually send you into a season of work so that you can actually enjoy rest. So I'm very quick to uh, think about what I'm actually praying. Because I don't want to just pray just to, to pray. I don't want to do like the Pharisees were and just babble on. Because they just did that. And they went in the street corners and they babbled on so that everybody can hear them and i've been a part of those those type prayers and i look up and i'm like who are you praying to because i'm not sure I'm, I'm tracking with you when we pray we go to jesus it's in jesus name that we pray without him we couldn't connect with the father without him we're just you know our prayers are echoing this ceiling and that's it so we go to him in prayer. I also believe that a family that prays together stays together. I believe that's in my, my life. I've seen that happen. We've had uh, couples in our family, on both sides of our family, that are going through difficult marriage um, situations and you know, things that just were, were awful. And they were thinking about giving up. And they confessed what was going on. And what did the family do? We came together and we prayed. And we prayed over their families. And we prayed over their children. And we prayed over their marriages. And their marriages were restored because of that prayer, I believe. Because we fasted and we prayed for our loved ones. I see it, you know, as we fast and pray for those that's lost in our family, those that are, are leaving the church. We fast and we pray and they turn from their wicked ways and they start walking in His graces. Glory to God. Amen. I've seen several times whenever we've been on the attack. As pastors, we, 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 we've been, uh, you know, Hannah especially has uh, been raising a pastor's family and a pastor's home as her grandfather. And I've just been reminded of some of the attacks that they went under. And I, I've experienced some of the certain attacks that the Satan tries to throw on us. And I believe that when we go into prayer and fasting for him to move, that he truly moves. And I've seen him do that. 
I've seen him work in, in adoption cases, and I've shared briefly those stories of how you know, we weren't sure if our adoption cases were going to close. But God moved, and we brought people to fast and pray. And I tell you what, we had people praying from all over the world. Countries that I can't even name, can't even remember who they were even. Commenting and, and saying, hey, we're lifting you up. Boy, I tell you what, God was on display that day. When we rejoiced when we adopted Paulina, When we rejoiced when we adopted Liliana. And I remember that we were praying because Hannah was, we were struggling, you know, for, for t- three years. When we went to South Carolina and we were youth pastors and children's pastors down there, we weren't able to have kids, you know, and um, God called us to adopt, but we weren't able to have kids. Something was going on, not sure exactly what was happening. We were trying, but nothing was happening. And then it wasn't until we moved to North Carolina that we were reminded of a promise that God gave Hannah and God gave me through a season of fasting and praying. You will, you will have a child. And we did. And then he times it by three. Amen. <laughs> so now we are a family that has five kids and God is still moving. And I'll tell you what, we... He continues to call us to pray and to fast. And I believe that that's how God moves through families. And that's how He wants us to be as a family of God, that we go into seasons of prayer and fasting. And I believe that God is calling us right now into a season of fasting. A remarkable prayer. It's not anything that we do. It's not even anything that we say, actually... There's times when we don't know what to pray. And through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit groans on our behalf. He cries out to the Father on our behalf. And I got a confession to you as a pastor. There's a lot that's thrown on a pastor. I've pastored three different churches, youth pastored, um, you know, been a missions pastor, done uh, community outreach. Uh, children's ministry, all different kinds of ministry. And God has uh, reminded me over and over that there's a battle. There is a battle. But there's also expectations that are placed on the shoulders of pastors that isn't of God. That this idea that, and I, you know, in the spirit of a couple of weeks ago, in the spirit I just, I've, felt led to say this, and I just want to slow it down a little bit for you today. Through the years, pastors have felt this desire to build his church and to build God's kingdom. I'm going to stand before you. I don't build anything. I don't build his church. I don't build his, his kingdom. That is not my job. My job is to pastor people. Every one of you has a name, has a story. I don't pastor someone said either. You know, pastors get an earful of that. Well, somebody says, well, who are they? Because I want to love on them. I want to understand them. I can't pastor them if I don't know. And I refuse to go around that gossip. I'm not here to build the church. Christ has that. I'm not here to build his kingdom. Christ already came and he brought his kingdom. He said, it's at hand. Repent and believe the good news. 
It's here. He teaches his disciples how to pray and to seek his kingdom. And the reason why I tell you that is I want you to understand in your own mind what I'm here to do. And if you try to throw that thing on me that I'm supposed to build his church, I'll throw it back at you that I'm not building anything. Christ has that. He knows what he's doing. What I'm supposed to do is shepherd y'all to make him the center. To point you to Jesus Christ. Allow him to build up the body. Because he is capable of that. The moment I start shifting and doing things and try to build this church and to try to build his kingdom is the moment that we start losing Jesus. We start doing our own way. And Jesus is like, hey, yes, I'm right here. That's what I want. And I've been here for going, I think, six months. I'm starting to lose count, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, I've been here so long, I've started losing count. I loved it here. But I've spent prayer and fasting for this place and for these people. For all of you. I've lifted up your story. I've heard your story. And I'm here to say this. I've been at churches. I've been around the world. And I know whenever something's going on. Satan has a stronghold. And he's had a stronghold on this place for years. And a stronghold is this. That you want to move but you can't move. There's a grip on you. You want to move but you can't leave. It's like I, I know where I need to go. But there's something that's holding me back. I can't leave this place. In basketball we call it a pivot foot. You know, you declare your pivot foot, you can't leave, move this pivot foot. Or if you do, you travel. What Satan has on us is a stronghold. A stronghold. Some of us aren't aware of it. Some of you are like, what? What are you even talking about? I believe that Satan has a stronghold. And we come into this place and we say, God is good, right? All the time. And all the time? Well, I'm here to tell you this, that Satan is bad all the time. And all the time, Satan is bad. And so if we serve a God who is good, then there is an enemy that is bad. And God wants to set us free. What does the enemy want to do? Enslave us, bound us. Enchain us to declare strongholds on our life. And I believe that there's a stronghold on this church. And it's pulling us down. Has there been th good things that come out of his church? Absolutely. God can use anything. God can use crooked sticks to make straight lines. I mean, he can do all kinds of things through people. But sometimes we, get through, we go through moments and seasons where we're like, we keep on dealing with the same old devils. <laughs> the same old devils. And there's at some point in that life where you have to say, I keep on dealing with it. Why? It's because it's a stronghold. And some of us are unaware of it. So what do we do? We seek Him. There's no power. I can't overcome that stronghold without, my, without the power of God. I, as a pastor, can't overcome a stronghold in my own life. You, as a church, can't overcome a, a, a stronghold in the church without Jesus Christ.
Ephesians 6 verse 12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. We're coming against a power, the powers of this dark world. We don't struggle against flesh and blood, but yet sometimes we tend to say that we do. Because we get caught up in the church world, we get caught up in all kinds of things, of our own personal uh, preferences and our own personal situations that we're like, well, I like it this way and I like it that way. Or we start complaining that there's a different color of paint on the youth group wall. Or there's, you know, things that's moving around, you know, that there's, uh, we're changing up songs and blah, 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 blah. But I'm telling you this, that it's not what the battle is. We don't battle against flesh and blood. We don't battle against this right here. We battle against the evil of this world. And there are strongholds in this place, in these people. And I believe that God wants us to overcome it. And the the reality is this. We can't overcome it until we name it. So I'm bringing it before you. And I'm saying that there's a stronghold. And we got to name it. And I don't know exactly what it is. I know that God knows what it is. God knows what it is that's holding it back. And we seek Him to name it. We seek Him to reveal it. We seek Him and His power to overcome it. We humble ourselves. We seek His face. We ask Him to move in and through every single person that's in this place. Every single person that calls this home. We can't do it on our own. He has to do it. But we, we can agree that evil is in this world. And there's no middle ground. It's either holy or it's evil. There's no gray area there really. It's either holy or it's evil. It's either of God or it's not of God. It's either of Satan or it's not of Satan. And I'm telling you that there is evil in this world. I've been brokenhearted over the past several weeks. You know, New York declared something that was just ungodly. Abortion. We have to name it. It's evil. Is there grace? Absolutely. The reality is that one in four women have had an abortion. So right now, on the sound of my lips, there might be somebody here that's had one. It's okay. There's grace for you. Jesus loves you. I'm not here to shame you, but I'm here to say and declare what is evil. And it's evil. God cares so much for life. But here's the reality. And here's what I'm broken at is that people are dying. The unborn are dying. But here we are in Dan River Westland Church, and we get caught up in our own flesh and blood. Where is our cry? 
Sinners are dying and going to hell. And where is our cry? Our nation is the most divided that it's ever been. And we've been divided in a bunch of different situations. But I'm saying that it's the most divided it's ever been. But here we are. We're battling against flesh and blood. But no, we have to declare that Jesus Christ has overcome the world. And so therefore, we don't battle against flesh and blood. We battle against the powers, the authorities. And so Satan is on the move. And I'm telling you what, that Satan isn't uh, battling over things. He's battling over people. People. Satan's after the homeless. Satan's after the unborn, the orphan, the refugee, the church member, the lawyer, the doctor, the teacher, whatever title we want to put on it, that's the people that Satan is after. He is after any type of person that is, is here. Doesn't matter. He, if they're a person, Satan is after them. And Satan wants us to have strongholds. He wants to have a grip on us. He wants us not to move. He doesn't want us to be overcomers. He doesn't want us to be fighting in the spiritual realm. He doesn't want us to pray in Jesus' name. He doesn't want us to name the situations that's been holding the church back for years and years. No, he wants us to continue to fight in flesh and blood. Because when we fight in flesh and blood, we have no power. When we fight in flesh and blood, and we bicker and we complain and we gossip and we do all these kinds of foolish things in the church, you know what? We have, we have no authority. We have no power when we do that. It's through Jesus Christ when we keep Him center of our lives and we bind Satan and we send Him to the gates of hell and we rebuke Him from this church and we rebuke Him from our lives and our family and wherever we step our foot, that's when we overcome through the power of Jesus Christ. In 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 through 5, he says this, We are human. But we do not wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds. Everybody say, to knock down the strongholds of human reason and to destroy false arguments. (laughs) My, my, my. There's a bunch of false arguments that goes on in life of churches. And I believe there's been a bunch of arguments that's been going on throughout years in this church. In verse 5 it says, We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. So what's the goal? To know God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and we teach them to obey Christ. Everybody say that. Obey Christ. That's the goal. Christ is the goal. Keep Him center. Don't let strongholds rule your life. Knock them down. Knock them down through the power of Jesus Christ. 1 John 4, 4 says, The people, the one, sorry, the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. So God, if you truly have God living in you, He is greater than the things of this world. And so how do we overcome this? Well, we go to Jesus' words. Jesus says this in Matthew 6. The disciples are like, I don't, I don't know how to pray. Teach me how to pray. He says this. This is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, 
Where's our Father? In heaven. Hallowed be your name. Like, holy is your name. Like, powerful is your name. Like, remarkable is your name. Your kingdom come. Not your kingdom will come, but your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Eden as it is in heaven. In North Carolina as it is in heaven. In Virginia as it is in heaven. In New York City as it is in heaven. In America as it is in heaven. In this whole earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. Boy, we've, we've covered that. We want to be forgiven, but we refuse to forgive other people. I believe that that's a part of the stronghold that's in this church, is we don't forgive other people. We latch on to that. And you will never grow if that's the case. And lead us not into temptation, Lord, but deliver us from the evil one. Satan is on the prowl. Deliver us from him. That's how we seek the Lord in power and authority. So in uh, first, this first century B.C., this is before Christ, a drought had threatened to destroy a generation, the generation before Jesus Christ. Can you imagine if a drought destroyed a whole generation? We might not have Christ. But Lord, is, uh, God is bigger than that even. The last of the Jewish prophets had died off and nearly... Four centuries before, they hadn't heard a prophecy in four centuries. Miracles were a distant uh, memory. They hadn't heard of a miracle that had happened in that time. But there was one man that lived outside the walls of Jerusalem, and he dared to pray anyway. His name was Hani. You probably never heard of him. Even if the people no longer hear God, he believed that God still hears them. <laughs> how many of you know how it is to live in a drought? <laughs> See, we've had so much rain that sometimes we forget even what it was like to have a drought. It's rained a bunch here lately. But I'm telling you what, if you're in the middle of a drought, it's your first thought. You need that rain. And so here he was, Honey, he had this six-foot-tall staff in his hand. He begins to move in a circle, kind of like a compass. Drawing on the ground, the dirt around him, he draws the circle with the staff, and he draws the line of the circle on the ground. Then he sits down. He sits down, and people are all around looking at this bizarre thing that's happening. Like, why is this man drawing the circle? But here he is, and he's crying out for God to bring rain. And he begins to pray, and he drops to his knees, and he prays and lifts his hands to heaven. And with the authority that of like the prophet um, Elijah, who called down fire from heaven, he begins to pray down rain. He says this, Lord of the universe, I swear before your great name, that I will not move from this very circle until you have shown mercy upon your children. 
this prayer was so it was so loud that people could hear but even more than the loud tone was the authority of his voice as he spoke his prayer was was uh you know loud but yet humble was confident but yet meek and it began to happen rain began to fall little sprinkles began to fall and the people began to turn to heaven and like oh look at it they hadn't seen rain for for years and they're mesmerized but here he is he's bowed down he hadn't looked up and he says this prayer he says not for such rain have i prayed but for a rain that will fill cisterns and will fill pits and will fill crevices a mighty rain and this sprinkle turned from just a sprinkle to this torrential downpour an eyewitness said that there was rain that was bigger than eggs it was huge rains so big that people fled they went into jerusalem they couldn't stand it they had to go under shelter but yet here he was on his knees he didn't look up he knew what he was experiencing And he prayed, not for such rain have I prayed, but for rain of your favor, of your blessing, and of your graciousness. Then it slowed down to a calm rain, a peaceful rain, each drop a token of God's grace. And eventually, what was dry dirt turned to mud, what once was drought to turn to a saturation that filled cisterns and life as they know it went back to normal and the story of the circle maker was birthed and I'm telling you here this morning that there's strongholds in this church there's stuff that's going on that we need to bind Satan from Satan shouldn't have a stronghold in his church Satan shouldn't rule God should rule in every aspect in every crevice what are we willing to circle around? What are we willing to lay our life down and say, I refuse this. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to open up the altar this morning. If you believe that God is more powerful than Satan, you should be here. If you believe that God is still has control of this church, you should be here. If you love this church and you want to see that God use it on into the future, you should be here. If you're tired of the strongholds that has held this church down, you should be here. May we be like the circle maker. God, I pray for your favor, for your blessing. And I pray that Satan has no stronghold on your people. If you believe that, may you come and you seek his face. May you humble yourself before his throne and truly seek his ways. For I believe that he will heal his lands. He will turn hearts. He will make his name known. God, we're here and we, we gather around your altar, God, and we make an altar wherever we are. Maybe there's some here that can't physically get up here, but God, may they make an altar around themselves and may them, 
go to you, God. May we all just cry out for you, God. May we draw circles around our lives and declare your favor. God, may we, we look and see if there's a stronghold that's holding us down, God. May we rebuke it in Jesus' name, God. May we name it for what it is. Maybe it's a, a, a stronghold of despair. Maybe it's a stronghold of that that has entitled us. and uh, Maybe it's a stronghold of pride. God, maybe it's a stronghold of, of bitterness. And that is starting to turn to rage. And God, it's starting to t- turn to sin. God, I pray, God, in Jesus' name that it would be banished from this place. God, that it wouldn't rule our lives anymore, God. But, but God, the stronghold be released in Jesus' name, God. Whatever binds us, God, may it be released in Jesus' name. God, so that we can be a people that is remarkable because we serve you, God. And you are remarkable. And God, I believe that your desire is for people to be saved. God, be a people to be transformed. People to not just walk into mere just little children disciples, but God, they grow up into mature disciples in you. God, whatever it is that's going on in our lives in this church, God, may you name it. Whatever it is, God, may you name it. May you call it out. And may you go to war with it. Because we hold on that we don't battle against flesh and blood, but God, we battle against rulers and authority and powers of this dark world. God, there's things that's going on in our nation, God. Now, things that's going on and even into North Carolina, even Virginia, laws that's being passed on abortion. God, I bind it in Jesus' name, God, that that is evil. And God, you have power over it. You care so much about the, those that's knit together in their mother's womb. God, you care about all life. I don't care what it is, whatever life it is. God, there's so much in our world, God, that that escalates a life of death, God. I bind it in Jesus' name from your church, God. May this church be known for life, not death. May your people be known for life and resurrection, not death. God, may we know, be known for joy, not despair. God, we seek you. We're here before you at your throne circling around us asking you to move in a mighty way in a powerful way God may you make your name known may you change hearts may you save souls may you do your work in and through us in Jesus name Amen Amen